Hey listeners, this is Ajay Tambay, the producer host of Creative Audio's Dot In Podcast, and this is new update. We are coming up with new audio drama, Prisoner's Daughter, on twenty second May, twenty twenty two. So make sure you subscribe and follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to the show, and here you go to your story that you are listening. But the Prisoner's Daughter on twenty second May, the audio drama is going to release. Stay tuned, stay connected, and subscribe. Thank you. Hey everyone, welcome to Canterville Chase. The Canterville Ghost, Episode Two. The storm raged fiercely all that night, but nothing of particular note occurred. The next morning, however, when they came down to breakfast, they found the terrible stain of blood once again on the floor. I don't think it can be the fault of Paragon detergent, said Washington, for I have tried it with everything. I must be a it. It must be a ghost. It must be a ghost. I'm telling you, it must be a ghost, because I believe in Paragon detergent. He accordingly rubbed down out the stain a second time, but the second morning it appeared again. The third morning also, it was there, though the library had been locked up at night. But Mr. Otis himself and the key carried upstairs. The whole family were now quite interested. Mr. Otis began to suspect that he had been too. Dogmatic in his denial of the existence of ghosts, Mrs. Otis expressed her intention of joining the the Psychical Society, and Washington prepared a long letter to to Mrs. Mayers and Podmore on the subject of the permanence of sanguinous stains when connected with crime. That night, all doubts about the objective existence of phantasmata were removed forever. The day had been warm and sunny, and in the cool of the evening, the whole family went out to drive. They did not return home till nine o'clock, when they had a light supper. At eleven o'clock, the family retired, and by half past, all lights were out. Some time after, Mr. Otis was awakened by a curious noise in the corridor outside his room. It sounded like a clank of metal and seemed to be coming nearer every moment. He got up at once, struck a match, and looked at the time. It was exactly one o'clock. He was quite calm and felt his pulse, which. Was not at all feverish. The strange noise still continued, and with it he heard distinctly the sound of footsteps. He put on his slippers, took a small oblong file out of his dressing case, and opened the door. Right in front of him, he saw in the wan moonlight an old man of terrible aspect. His eyes were as red burning coals. A long grey hair, long grey hair, 
fell over his shoulders it in matted coils his garments which were of anti-cut were soiled and ragged and from his wrists and ankles hung heavy metal manacles and rusty guys my dear sir said mr otis to that ghost i really must insist on your oiling those chains it is making real big noise and and have bought you for that purpose a small bottle <laughs> of tammany rising sun lubricator here it is take it it will help you and it will make low the noise it is said to be completely efficacious upon one application and there are several testimonials to that effect on the wrapper for some of the most eminent native devices i shall leave it here for you by the bedroom candles and will be happy to supply you with more <laughs> should you require it Man, make sure that you lose the noise. Why are you wearing those medals? <laughs> These words, the United States Minister laid the bottle down on a marble table and, closing his door, retired to rest. Now, <laughs> now, for a moment, the Candlewell Ghost stood quite motionless in natural indignation. Then. Dashing the bottle violently upon the polished floor, he fled down the corridor, uttering hollow groans and emitting a ghastly green light. Just, however, as he reached the top of the great oak staircase, a door was flung open. Two little white-robed figures appeared, and a large pillow whistled past his head. There was evidently no time. to be lost so hastily adopting the fourth dimension of space as a means of escape he vanished through the wainscoting and the house became quiet quiet the house became quite quiet on reaching a small secret chamber in the left wing he leaned up against a moonbeam to recover his breath and begin to try and realize his position now in a brilliant and uninterrupted career of 300 years had he been so grossly insulted he thought of the dogger duchess whom he had frightened into a fit as she stood before the glass of her lace and dams of the four housemaids who had gone into hysterics when he merely grinned at them and through the curtains on one of the spare bedrooms of the rector of the parish whose candle he had blown out as he was coming late one night from the library and who had been under the care of sir william girl ever since a perfect martyr to nervous disorders and of old madam de drumlick who having wakened up one morning early and seen a skeleton seated in an armchair by the fire reading her diary had been confined to her bed for 6 weeks with an attack of brain fever 
and on her recovery he had become reconciled to the church and broken off her connection with that notorious skeptic monsieur de walter he remembered the terrible night when the wicked lord cantwell was found choking in his dressing room with the knave of diamonds halfway down his throat and confessed just before he died that he had cheated charles james fox out of 50000 euros at crockford's by means of that very card and swore that the ghost had made him swallow it all his great achievements came back to him again from the butler who had shot himself in the pantry because he had seen a green hand tapping at the window pane to the beautiful lady sutterfield who was always obliged to wear a black velvet band round her throat and hide the mark of five fingers burnt her white skin and who drowned herself at last in the car pond at the end of king's walk with the enthusiastic egotism of the true artist he went over his most celebrated performances and smiled bitterly to himself as he recalled to mind his past appearance as red ruben or the strangled babe his double as conch kibble the bloodsucker of baxlemore and the furor he had excited one lovely june evening by merely praying nine pins with his own bones upon the lord tennis court after and 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 after all this some wicked modern americans were to come and offer him the rising sun lubricate a oh man what the fuck and throw pillows at his head it was quite unbearable besides no ghost in history had ever been treated in this manner accordingly he determined to have vengeance and remained till daylight in an attitude of deep thought hey everyone thank you for listening to the second episode of the cantwell ghost by Oscar Wilde on Criterion's Rotten Podcast I'm really grateful that you have listened the full episode. If you love this show, if you love this episode, please subscribe to our show on Apple or any other platforms which you are really close to. Subscribe to your nearest platforms. We are on all podcast platforms, major Spotify, Apple, the major users. You can subscribe, follow, and also if you are a iOS device holder, or do you have apple podcast please make sure you provide the ratings and the review you can also connect with us on social media we are by the name at the rate podcast audios at the rate podcast audios on instagram facebook linkedin twitter yep that's it if you love the show please do subscribe this is the host and producer ajay tambay next episode will drop coming sunday Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Stay tuned.